My name is Matt. And I'm Mac. And this is Sip, Sip of Success. Success. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in for episode 9 of Sip of Success. Today we're talking all about the best financial apps that are out there. So everything from budgeting to the best investing apps. Um, we're just going to go over and like review what our favorite ones are what, and the pros and cons of each. What Matt's favorite ones are. I yeah, would like to mine. say I will not be speaking very much this episode because I'm not good at this stuff so I'm gonna be learning like the rest of you um I'll try to ask any questions I feel like I don't understand so everybody that also is financially illiterate such as myself can uh try to figure it out yeah I can so tune in or listen up um listen up <laughs> listen up we're talking about the best apps but first what are we sipping on Mac what do you get us today so we have Panera Dark Roast it's actually really good like this is better than the Starbucks coffee we drink so, yeah. pro tip for everyone out there. They looked at me kind of crazy when I ordered four drinks, but uh, <laughs> pro tip, Panera Coffee, really good. Their green tea stuff, green tea lemonade something something is really good too. I get it in a large size when I'm exhausted. So, uh, definitely check out the Panera Coffee, y'all. Yeah. What do you think, Matt? I like good. it. I like it. It's pretty good. Yeah. But um, we do have a guest on today. So, before we start, why don't we we'll introduce yourself, Brian? Hello, I am Bryant Sasser. I am the graduate assistant for the Mind Management Lab at Student Success Center. Now, what's your um, like major and like what are you studying? Uh, yeah, so um, I went here for undergrad and I majored in <coughs> accounting, finance, and operations and supply chain. And I'm getting my master's of accountancy right now. Okay, awesome. Well, what are you doing? What are your plans after uh, college? I mean, I know, but <laughs> yeah, for everyone else, <laughs> um, I have a job with PwC Price Waterhouse Coopers. It's an accounting firm. Um, and it's going to be in Atlanta. I'll be a financial due diligence associate. So it's going to be working like mergers and acquisitions, doing some financial valuations. Awesome. All right, so why don't we, and Brian is kind of like my, my boss, so I want him <laughs> to come on, and he knows everything about like investing and whatnot, so I really want him to come on today. But why don't we start off, what's your favorite, for? let's go over budgeting first. So what's your favorite budgeting app out there? Like what do you, or do you use a budgeting app? I'm a big fan of using Excel. I mean, as Excel. an accountant, your life is in Excel, and so I just yeah. kind of make an Excel doc and go from there. See, I don't, like, I cannot, I, I just learned yesterday how to, like, merge text on Excel. So I cannot. Oh, big moves. <laughs> You're on your way. <laughs> I can't use Excel um, to save a life. But my favorite app is Mint. So, and I'll be, in like, in my job, like, in the, being a PFC, like, I always tell people about Mint and all my friends about Mint. But my favorite part about Mint is so... It's, I think it's kind of like the gold standard of mm -hmm. budgeting apps, like wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I think it's the most popular out there, um, well-known, and they had the biggest company supporting them if yeah. into it. So they're pretty big. That's I mean, it's my favorite one for sure. And so I just want to talk about like what are the pros and cons of Mint's because I definitely think there are cons to it even though it's my favorite. But overall, it's a pretty overall spending and saving app. So even if you're not putting a budget in, it's a really great app to use because it gives you kind of like a snapshot every week and also every month it'll send you an email that gives you that snapshot of what you're spending your money on in visuals so like a pie chart and say like oh you're spending you spent $56 on groceries this week or um, you spent $70 on gas this month so it kind of gives you that snapshot of how much you're spending but then it also does like investing and stuff as well so you can put in all of your accounts so if you have a credit card app credit card account debit card account um an investing app, like account as well you can put them all in one place so you can see all of your accounts in one app which is really nice so you don't have to flip through like your bank app your american express account or your um fidelity account as well 
and then also it does like credit monitoring as well. So I know a lot of people out there like don't know much about credit score, credit report, but it's really nice for that. And like, would you give Brian like a quick overview of what a credit score versus credit report is? Sure. Um, so I think a very helpful analogy is a credit score is a single number, and you can think of that as your financial GPA. So it represents one number where you are at a point in time. Your credit report is everything where you've taken out money, whether it be a car loan, student loan, or credit card debt that has occurred over the past seven years. So credit report, big document, credit score is a single representative number, and usually the most common credit score is your FICO score. Yeah. I know people, I want to do another like um, podcast about credit report and credit score as well. And I'll probably bring you on again. But um, I know that's like a lot. People are very confused about that. But I think Mint does a pretty good job at like explaining it and breaking it down Mm because you know how it gives you like what's your credit utilization, what's your usage, how long you've had your credit for, which is really nice. And then again, you don't have to put that into um, Mint. But I say it's a pretty good app overall. But what do you think the cons are of like Mint? So... Um, I want to say one pro that I like about Mint, I'll have to go into the cons, but I like the security factor of it because Intuit, yeah. um, they also own TurboTax, and I think I feel very comfortable putting my financial information on Intuit because I feel like they're a tech company in Silicon Valley, lower likelihood that my financial information be compromised. The cons about Mint, so since Intuit bought Mint in 2009, mm-hmm. there has not been any major updates or change. They've kind of kept it the same. Um, as well as the ads they bombard you with. They use a lot of your cookies mm-hmm. and start advertising things. Like This has been kind of funny. I have, I have men on my phone, and I check it every now and then. Um, and I was looking for a skincare routine. Like, yeah. just in the, and the New Year resolution is kind of random, and I've got nothing but face wash ads now. Um, but an, another con is that it's very difficult to create a budget on Mint. It's not very it like yeah. user-friendly in the sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you create the budget, it's nice because it gives you updates going on the goal, but mm-hmm. um, it's hard to understand and categorize expenses like some other apps that automatically do it. Yeah, for sure. So I tried to use Mint uh, based on Matt's recommendation. I did not like it for that exact reason. I feel like it was really hard to, um, to like, budget anything because I didn't know, like... I mean, obviously I spent a lot of money on, like as we've only said a hundred times <laughs> on this podcast but like besides that it wouldn't it wouldn't break things down for me it was very confusing to use so what what apps are better for budgeting yeah and that was going to be my con to mint so obviously oh. like i use mint all the time and like it's my favorite app to use but there's a pretty big learning curve because i think one thing is it's good because it's a great overall app but then that also kind of makes it confusing whereas because it has so many features but once yeah. you get used to it but there are a lot of apps out there. So, like, Brian, what would you say is, like, the easiest budgeting app that's out there? Like, obviously, we don't use all of them, but from what we've heard. Yeah, when I was doing my research the podcast, it seems every dollar, which is Dave Ramsey's golden mm-hmm. child. He's a, if you don't know who Dave Ramsey is, he's, like, a financial guru. Um, but he's a big fan of every dollar. And that, that's the biggest thing is it's a very friendly, intuitive user interface. So as opposed to Mint, where you had to create your own budgeting categories – every dollar will create them for you. So you could type in clothing mm-hmm. or something and it'll automatically link to your bank account and throw that into the clothing thing rather than um, having to go through the process of doing it yourself. Yeah, Downloading it right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's also, I think I've read, I don't use it, but and I don't know anyone that uses it, but Pocket Guard. So Pocket Guard's a really easy budgeting app. It really makes everything pretty simple. 
And those two focus more, I feel like, on budgeting and less, like, spending and saving like Mint does. Mm -hmm. But they're really, like, intuitive to use from what I've heard. Um, and then, do you, like, what other, like, budgeting apps do you have you heard about? So, well? my supervisor, Rachel, is a huge mm -hmm. fan of Pluto Money. And the reason is, is it was created by someone who was in college for college students. Uh, it's a... Uh, it's it's one it's cool because it's one of the few apps that actually you can set up a savings goal and it give you like updates mm -hmm. and kind of help you have some intrinsic motivation to reach the savings goal. So say you want to go you know save money for spring break, it'll say all right here's this money you're putting aside and it'll link to your account as well as it helps you create a budget. And the I, the thing I like about Pluto Money is it's it has a really nice design. Um, yeah, I think Mint has a great design as well, but you know Pluto Money is like very like space oriented. I'm actually wearing space socks right now. I like that's the fitting. That's fitting. Yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's why I gave the wreck. Came prepared. Right, exactly. But I think Pluto Money would be another good one if you were mm -hmm. trying to sample the different budgeting apps. I would look at Mint and Pluto Money as the two starter packs. Yeah, and I think Pluto. I don't use it, but I I've, I've read about how like it was designed by college students for college students, which is nice because there's really not a lot of, like none of the apps out there really focus on just college students, which R is nice. Right, I mean, if you're getting sold a credit score, but mm -hmm. you're in college and you don't really need yeah. to know about what your credit score is, you're not looking to take out a loan, I think Pluto Money is a little more friendly because mm -hmm. it doesn't throw out these adult terms. Yeah, I know for like, for, for me, I too. like have, a, have my credit score and credit report and I like look at it all the time, but like Mac, like, yeah, Max doesn't even know, like, <laughs> basically, know. Max about useless when it comes to finances, y'all, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so what, I work hard, but that's about it. Yeah, and then I think the last app that I wanted to mention, too, is Clio. So I tried to set up Clio, but for some reason it doesn't work, because I use an online banking app, and for some reason it doesn't work, but Clio is a pretty interesting app that is out there, and they've been running a lot of advertisements, but essentially what it is is you download it, and you can text it through the app, kind of like you would on your iPhone or any other smartphone and you can text like how much should I spend this month and it uses AI so artificial intelligence to send you how much you've spent or like whatever you send so you, and you can also ask it to roast you that's so, so cool you can say, Cleo roast me and it'll roast you on your spending habits so <laughs> it'll be like um, like Cleo roast me on something it'll be like you spent like $45 on Uber and then like give like a snarky comment to you so it's it's a very um, I'd say like Gen Z app to you. <laughs> I need to, I might, wow, what if I try all of these apps and then we have a returning episode? Return, yeah. For, we'll give me an update. This yeah. is what Mag thinks of all of these sayings I from want, a perspective of someone who yeah. doesn't budget and hopefully will eventually budget. <laughs> I think you should try Clio, but use Clio and let us know. But I was going to use yeah. all three of them because I, I just downloaded all three of them because I'm really, y'all are really stressing me out about the fact that I don't have a budget and I need to invest. Yeah. They were, y'all, we were sitting in here and um, Brian and Matt were just like going to town about like investment stuff and I was like doo 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 <laughs> like <laughs> here I am shopping for a Princess Polly on my phone again like <laughs> like I feel stupid <laughs> but Brian what have you heard about Clio it's um, kind of new so it's, yeah, there's not I, a lot out there I you know it seems like something that you know if you really you know enjoy texting mm -hmm. you don't really want to look at an app and just like get a nice financial snapshot Cleo seems cool I think the YouTube video you were pulled up for the episode I was like oh that's very interesting yeah and I was I mean I try I'm gonna try and add it again but I think it's a great addition to or it's a good starting point if you're not budgeting at all and you just want to like get to know what you're spending but I also think if you do have a, like a really good budgeting app or just a budgeting like routine down like whether it be on paper Excel it's a good addition mm -hmm. to that because then you can be like, what did I spend on groceries this month? And it'll give you it. So you don't have to go through and like 
figure everything out yourself. Which might even help you, like, you know, for example, if I'm using Excel um, and I'm estimating numbers and, like, yeah. going through my bank statement, I could just text Cleo and be, like, why is it on groceries and then get better update my budget on itself. So, yeah, it seems like a great tool and addition or a supplement mm -hmm. to the budget. Yeah, for sure. And I found, it's funny, I found out about Cleo because my friend, she got an ad on Instagram about Cleo, like the roast me feature, and she sent it to me, and she was like, this is you, and we're talking about my budget. <laughs> so I was like, that's how I found out about Cleo, and then I downloaded it. But moving on from budgeting apps, I think a lot of, especially my generation, I think you're, what's, what generation are you? I'm Gen Z, I think. I'm borderline. I so think. Like some, some, sometimes it says I'm a millennial, sometimes Gen Z, 1997. I like it. You know, from the stereotypes, I think the Gen Z stereotypes are cool, the millennial ones, so yeah. I'm going to call myself Gen Z. Okay, yeah, I call myself Gen Z. People always say you're either, like, not right now, millennial or Gen Z, but one thing that I wanted to ask is, or that's interesting, I've read a lot about how, like, Gen Z, and also, like, millennials as well, but especially Gen Z is more interested in investing mm -hmm. than previous generations. Um, and I don't know, I guess with the recession and everything being more than 10 years ago, people are just interested in it, and there's kind of like a... I don't know, mystique around it, would you say? Yeah, somewhat. And also, like, from all Gen Z's experiencing is uh, low interest rates and a crazy bull stock market. And I should probably break that down. So a bull stock market means mm -hmm. stocks are going up and going up very well, like, consistently. A bear means they're going down. Yeah. The way I think about it is, like, you know, you have a bull rush, you know, coming up. I... I just kind of have that image in my head. And lower rates means, so the Federal Reserve sets interest rates for the entire economy. And since the 2009 recession, they had lower interest rates to inject more money into the system. All that really means you have to care about is there's more, it's easier to get a loan, so companies are investing more in assets or you know equipment, land, stuff, and which yeah. causes stock price to rise. I mean, looking what if you are interested in stocks, look what Amazon's done since 2011. It'll probably make you drop your jaw. When I graduated high school, which was in 2015, it was uh, Amazon was at $300. And I think as, as of this morning, it's trading around 1900 So if you bought yeah. 10 shares of Amazon, you would have made $15,000. Yeah, which is insane. So, Wild. Hey, Matt, Matt, do you have anything to say about this? I, honestly, y'all, I just feel like this is so over my head, but I'm kind of following, so like. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, would you say, as someone that's not, I know you're, like, not to criticize. <laughs> <laughs> to criticize, no. roast me. Be a Cleo today, Matt. Like, <laughs> not, but, like, are you pretty in, interested in, like, investing, would you say? Or, like, yes. just want to know how to do it, I guess. I'm interested in, in investing um, because I like the idea of it. However, especially because I feel like, and I've worked a long time, like, Matt, I don't know if you know this about me, but, like, I literally at times have worked like three jobs just because I like to have money and I like to be able to buy myself whatever I want and yeah. I don't like to rely on my parents. So it's just like, but now me being like a junior, I realize that I have like less than a thousand dollars in my savings account and mm -hmm. I'm still kind of like paycheck to paycheck more or less. So it like has bothered me that I haven't, I didn't put any of that money aside and I feel like it would have been easier to do if I was seeing like it not just sitting there, like if it was an investment and it was like, oh, well, in this five years that I've blown a lot of the money that I've spent working however many jobs I was working at the time, like yeah. I, it would be better for me in the long run, but also it would be easier to save if that makes sense. Like I no, feel like we're, sense, especially yeah. being in college and especially like all the people that come to school here, like I'm an in-state kid, you're not, but you're not like by any means like wealthy but being yeah. an in-state kid is kind of hard because everybody comes down here and everyone's wearing like 
Lululemon like three times a day. And I just, it's, it's like a different sort of an environment. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like no, we, for sure. Yeah. we're definitely a poor area. So it's easier to get sucked into like, Oh, let's go um, to this store. Let's go to this restaurant that I might not like, I can't afford, but should I afford it in terms of like, sh- should I actually spend the money when it's not my parents' money or it's not yeah. like a goal of mine to spend to $20 on it? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why we want to talk about budgeting first. And we're going to, there's so many more topics to mm-hmm. dive into that. Like you're kind of mentioning that we're going to go over in future podcasts, but budgeting's the first start, I think, mm-hmm. before you start saving your money. And that's so, like, there's really great, though, investing apps out there that you can, that teaches you kind of how to invest. So I think, Brian, like, what's the big one, would you say, that everyone kind of, like, knows about and uses? I think everyone, really uses, but everyone's about. aware of Robinhood. And I think yeah. it's like the promotion where you say, you invite a friend and they give you a free stock. Um, and, you know, they make promises that you'll get this free stock, like Apple or Berkshire Hathaway or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's like... I have never met anyone. I've probably invited 20 people to, um, to Robin Hood, and I get, like, Groupon. <laughs> and, like, yeah. like, like <laughs> stocks that are, like, <laughs> three bucks, you know? They just, you know, you're like, all right, okay. But, yeah, I think Robin Hood is a very popular one. Um, and then also Acorns, Acorns. Stash. Acorns. I um, think Acorns like, the big one, I'd say, that people, or people know about, at least, other than Robin Hood. Because when you say Robin Hood's kind of bare bones when it comes to investing. Yeah, Robin, Robin Hood's, like... The starter pack. I think I've seen yeah. a lot of people lose a lot of money on Robinhood because like they get Robinhood and they you know watch the Wolf of Wall Street. They're like, I'm gonna oh, buy. Oh man, <laughs> this is a PG podcast. <laughs> I actually just finished watching the Wolf of Wall Street. Sorry, I had to interject. It was a uh, oh lord, it was a time. Yeah, but no, that's like they like they, they watch Wolf of Wall Street. and They're like, oh, I'm gonna buy some penny stocks and make some crazy money. And like, I mean, there's opportunity there, yeah. but. This, you know, there's this famous quote by J.P. Morgan. They had, and it's like, all these reporters are like, J.P., what is the stock market going to do today? It's like it's going to fluctuate. And so you buy a penny stock, and it goes down. You know, so let's say the penny stock is like a dollar. It goes down two cents, or no, let's say twenty cents. You're losing twenty percent of your your investment yeah. right there, as opposed to a more reliable fund. I think that's why if you're a beginning investor, I'd point you towards Stash or Acorns in the mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, and well, could you describe real quick to people out there that don't know what penny stock trading is? Oh yeah, so yeah, penny stock is a low value company that's gone public, um, and why public means available where you can buy a stock or a share of the stock on the, the market. And the reason most of these companies have gone public is because they're in desperate need of cash, and sometimes they pull out of it and they go, well, I mean, Apple was a famous penny stock for a while there, but a lot of times it's just. You know, they have a lot of debt and they can't get any more debts. So they raise some money by selling shares and it's literally hit or miss. Like, it's, yeah. they don't have good financial statements. It's kind of hard to evaluate what they're not going to do. And a lot of times when people are trading on penny stocks, they're making blind bets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think Robinhood goes about, you can, it's good to use Robinhood if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. For sure. And Matt, what do you have to say? Um, so I'm, I have a question. I don't know if this is like a real question. I've seen. No, no. Yeah. Uh, a real question. So what's the difference between is is day trading? That is like trading penny stocks. Is that no? Um, is that a different thing? So penny. Let's think. Day trading is a a term where you like you buy a stock with the intention of selling it the same day. So you're you're trading on the fluctuations okay. in the market. Penny stock trading could involve day trading, but penny stock trading is really just like. You buy a stock for one dollar, <laughs> and you're hoping it goes to like a dollar fifty. So if it, you know 
what is that? It goes from a dollar to dollar fifty. That's a fifty percent return. So you're um, in half. Like you're making fifty percent on what on top of what you put in, which is a crazy nice return, but really risky because yeah, very risky for sure. Okay, so they're both risky endeavors because they rely on the predictability of the stock market. The stock market when it's unpredictable. Exactly, yeah. and that's wow. not, not a great. And also, if you're looking at it from a tax perspective, day trading, you either need to have a corporation set up or a special license, or you're going to be paying a lot of money in taxes because the uh, short-term capital gains, which is like the gain you get from selling a stock in day trading, is mm -hmm. equal to how much you're paying for your income. So, like for example. If you're making fifty thousand dollars a year, you're probably gonna end up paying like twenty percent on that gain, as opposed to if you hold a stock for a year, you could pay like the favorable rate, which is either like I think it's zero, fifteen, or twenty-two percent, and no one does twenty-two percent. So, if you're investing, you ideally plan to hold the stock for more than a year at the minimum. Yeah, and I think so. Robinhood, I'd say, is a really like good um, like startup app for using your investing if you know what you're doing. And then obviously there's like Fidelity and Charles Schwab and like your traditional... Um, brokerage firms. Brokerage firms, yeah. yeah. But I'd say Edcorn, like we mentioned, is a really interesting app and they have a very cool idea to what they do. Because Edcorn does where you attach your credit or debit account and then whenever you spend money, so if I went to like, Mac went to buy coffee today, if the coffee was nine fifty, it would take that 50 cents that she didn't use, so round up to the nearest whole dollar and put that 50 cents into an investment account for you. But the only thing about Acorn is they only have, they have limited, and like, do you want to mention like how they have limited what you can choose to put your money in, kind of? Yeah, I mean, they really have like three options, like yeah. conservative, moderate, or growth. Um, and not very educational, but if you just want, and this is why I tell people, because you know, if you, Acorn has that thing where you invite people to get a $5 referral code, but if you just want to have something to forget about and you're saving money, and you don't think about saving money, you can see it really build up. I mean, in the past, like, I started Acorn, I think, my junior year. You know, I'm a grad student now, so it's been two years. And, yeah. and like, haven't really done much with it, just in roundups, and I already have, like, 700 bucks. And, well, oh, oh, it was 800. I checked it yesterday. Pretty exciting. Yeah. The only thing about Acorn is, like, again, it's not super educational. It's a really cool concept, mm -hmm. I think, which is interesting, especially for people that don't know, like, or don't have the money to invest but they're definitely like they're spending money and they have like pennies i guess or like you know what i mean like they're putting pennies a day into investment account yeah which is cool but it is kind of like micro investing which is like just means like small amounts of money so it doesn't really save for anything but it is a really cool idea especially if you're not saving now or putting your money into the stock market according a cool app to use for sure and it's it helps you like you can withdraw money from it like at yeah. like any time which is useful i would suggest leaving it in there um but I like the idea of acorns because it's like, you know, an acorn turns mm -hmm. into a big tree. And so, like, you're planting your yeah. acorns to grow into a tree. Something cool about acorns, too, is it has your, like, potential. So if the stock market grows at the historical average, um, you, you can end up, like, so mine says when I'm 63, the money I put in, which, you know, it's around $800 now, will be worth about $75,000 when I'm 63. Yeah. And you, you can adjust that, obviously, but it's, uh, I guess we should talk about the expenses, too. So for accounts under five thousand dollars, it's one dollar per month. Yeah. Nothing crazy. I yeah, mean, which so is isn't bad at all. It's manageable. So you know, twelve dollars a year, depending on how much you invest, depends on that. But if you have over five thousand dollars in it, it's, um, I think it's, 
0.25% of your account balance, yeah. um, which, ooh, that's some math right there. So 20% of 5,000 would be 1,000, and so you move that. So that'd be 100 bucks a year um, okay, in fees. That, yeah. that is not horrible. It's like a standard mutual fund. Yeah, and I feel like most people using like Eggcorns wouldn't have that much in there, but math, like, do you have any, how are we doing? I just want to make sure. No, we're good. Yeah. We're good. I look like a little confused. Yeah, but we're just using Mac to like make sure that we are <laughs> describing everything well. Yes, you're not being too nerdy to where yeah. no one can understand. Um, <laughs> no, I think we're. I think we're good. So, what do you guys? Is Acorns the number one? Or? Uh, well, so the number one that I think, or my favorite one is at least, and I'm saving it for last, is Stash. Is this wait? Is this last? This is the last one. Oh, Stash. Yeah, is the yeah, last look at one. that. Look at that oh, entryway. Perfect. Yeah, but Stash is my favorite because. So Stash is similar, it's kind of like, I feel, the medium between Eggcorns and Robinhood, mm -hmm. but it brings in a lot more educational aspect to it. So it really wants, Stash is a great app because you can put however much money you want in, as little as $5, that's it. So you could go in and get the app right, or the app right now and put in just 10 bucks from your account. And you can just, it's cool because you can choose different ETFs. And an ETF, you don't know what it is, it's called an exchange traded fund. So an exchange traded fund is essentially a set of stocks. So you can invest in like a technology ETF, which is going to be the top like a hundred technology companies from like Apple to Microsoft. And that ETF, if you put five dollars in, it means essentially like five percent of that five dollars is in Apple. If you put in then another like two percent is in Microsoft, and then a bunch of other technology companies. But Stash is cool because you can choose between all these different ETFs. So from like you can choose like a gold, like a gold, they call it gold rush. Have you seen that one? Have you looked mm -hmm. at Stash much, Brian? I, I've looked at like, you know, doing, there's this presentation with you that what's happening. I've seen like screenshots and like yeah. read the reviews on it. So yeah, I know like the gold rush where you invest in the, the gold commodity. Yeah, and they have like a bunch of different gold companies, like mining companies and stuff. And then like, if you want to invest like a shopping or like a fashion one. So like all the top companies in that ETF would be like a bunch of different like top fashion brands and stuff. So it's really cool because you can kind of pick like what kind of what's your like hobby or what's your interest and kind of put your money into that e in whatever ETF you want. And you can also put your money into like kind of like Robinhood into just individual stocks. So if you want to invest into Google, you can put your money into Google. But it's cool because you don't have to buy this stock at its full price. You can just invest like partially. So if you just have ten bucks that you want to invest in Google, you can put the ten dollars in. You're right? talking about on Robinhood now on Stash. Stash. On Stash. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think Robinhood just introduced that feature too, where you can like yeah. micro invest. You buy a, a partial share. You can also buy ETFs on Robinhood as well. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, for the listeners, a great way to think about ETF is it's very similar to a mutual fund, um, except it's that it's a lower expense ratio. Yeah. What's a mutual? What's a mutual fund? fund? Thank you. Oh, for <laughs> listeners, <laughs> for uh, Mac, <laughs> not the screw the listeners. I don't know what's going on. Screw the listeners. Just kidding. I love all of you. That all was right. a joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. So a mutual fund is basically an asset pool where a mutual fund manager invests in. Should I say what asset is like? Or yeah, well, yeah. What's an asset? So an asset is something that generates value of some sort. So an example of an asset could be for for. You know, your own personal use is your car, you know, or a house yeah. or for businesses it'd be equipment. Um, sometimes, you know, like a patent or something, depending on the business. Mm -hmm. But yeah, mutual funds usually invest in different types of equities, which are stocks, like shares of stocks, um, and they charge expense ratios. Um, and ETS, and the, the, the draw of a mutual fund is that it diversifies your risk. 
Yeah. So okay. what, what diversifies means is it's spreading your risk across certain stocks. So example, if you have all your money in Amazon, right? If, if Amazon loses money, that's you are, you're taking all the risk of Amazon losing money if the, if the share price goes down. As opposed to if you have a diversified risk. So say you own Amazon, Apple, Google, yeah. AT&T. Amazon goes down, you're still taking the hit, but it's not as severe. And so that's what mutual funds and ETFs, the big pro is, is you buy into the diversification in one easy stock. Yeah, and I'm a big, I'm a big uh, like fan of diversification. Because I think, and that's, people are confused about investing because they think you just invest in the one stock, which is risky. Even if it's a great company that has a great history of having like a, like, like you said, like the bull market run, mm-hmm. it's still very risky. Whereas ETFs and mutual funds, you're investing into a bunch of different stocks right. in a bunch of different companies. So you really diversify yourself in, in equity. So website. that's why there's that bull statue on Wall Street. Yeah. Because that's yes. a good market. Mm-hmm. Be- and like the, what is, there's a, there's a bull in a logo of a company. Merrill Lynch. Rebel? Yes. Oh, yes, Merrill Lynch. Merrill Lynch. Wow, yeah. I feel <laughs> so the connections, y'all. It's finally making sense. <laughs> Makes sense now. But Thanks, Stash <laughs> is my, yeah, Stash mm. is my favorite app because you do like the ETFs. You can also do individual stocks, but it's just very educational. Yeah. And you can invest as little as five dollars. So in with that educational, if you go on their website, they have like a whole. They've just in, introduced, I think, recently in the past couple of months, like a whole sub section of the website that's all about like how to invest, which is really great. Like it literally says on the, like the tab is like education. So it's a really great app and a really great company that's really trying to like teach investing to like Gen Z and millennials or just in general, people that don't know how to invest and are confused by it. That's why Stash is my favorite. And obviously there's your traditional brokerage firms, but it's really interesting. I think in the past 10 years, you've seen a lot of apps like Eggcorns and Stash come out um, that are kind of like I guess, not going against, but just trying to introduce a new way to invest. Disrupt is what you're looking for. Disrupt, for sure. The whole industry has changed. I mean, if you, like, look at the 80s versus now, Mm -hmm. those stockbrokers rolling in the dough. I mean, it used to cost, like, $15 per trade. I mean, when I started investing, it was $5 per trade, and then Robinhood came along, and now it's free to do a trade, and it's just instant. Nowadays, anyone can invest. If you have a smartphone or, like, like a computer, which pretty much everyone does, you can invest, which is really awesome compared to, you know, even like 10 years ago. But I think people are still trying to get out of the, people just don't realize now yet how to do it. Mm-hmm. But Or they're I, fearful. Yeah, or they're fearful for sure. Yes, I've heard um, a lot of my friends when I, you know, I'm very passionate about investing and go on rants a good amount. And all my friends are like, well, what if the stock market goes to zero? And it's yeah. like, all right, so what you should do, if the, and this is the point of diversification, is individual stocks go to zero. But let's say you buy an ETF centered towards the S&P 500. And what the mm-hmm. S&P 500 is, is S&P is a rating agency. It stands for Standards and Ports. Standards and Ports. And the S&P 500 is the 500 best companies in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So if you can think of a big company, Walmart, Amazon, Google, Facebook, they're in the S&P 500. And if you look what the S&P 500's done over the past... Um, hundred years, it's gone nothing but go up. I mean, there's been temporary dips, yeah. you know, like the recession, the 1980 recession. I mean, there's been a lot of recessions, but um, for overall, it's grown more than that. And I mean, if you buy that, you might see some short-term downside, especially because everyone's saying a recession's coming. Yeah. But in the long run, the it'll go up, and that's a great way to bank your retirement on, is because you're diversified. Yeah. And if you start investing now at like 20, 25. 
if you don't retire until you're 65, 60, 65, that's like 40 years between now and then, and you're definitely going to go up, which is why it's so good to invest early and put your money into investments rather than just putting it into a savings account that has an interest rate of like 0.03%, which right. is never going to even beat inflation rates. But to sum up, I know, so I want to go over the, all the apps that we mentioned today, but if you're confused about anything money, definitely use a website that I've mentioned before, but NerdWallet. NerdWallet is kind of like, I like to say, kind of like a, a review site for all things money. So I say it's a, kind of like the auto trader or like a car magazine for all things money. So from credit cards to banking, investing, and just general money habits. But definitely go on to NerdWallet if you're confused on anything because they have a whole tab on investment, a whole tab on money, and like what are the best apps out there for saving money and creating a budget. So if you're confused, definitely use NerdWallet. They're a great resource. But there's a whole host of things online that people can use. But to go over, so our, these are all of our favorite apps. But the first one that we mentioned today was Mint, which is my favorite. And then Brian, what was your what's your favorite app, like budgeting wise, that we mentioned today? Budgeting, budgeting wise or investing or just in general? Let's do budgeting. What's your favorite budgeting Ooh. one that we mentioned today? Let me think. Or like most intriguing. I, I think I think Pluto Money is the most intriguing from the, because uh, it's the lowest budget, and I think that they're yeah. doing a lot with you know. A lot, um, a lot with a little. That's what I was trying to yeah. say. Yeah, and then there's also again like every dollar, and then like we said, the Clio is the one that uses AI to like text you, and then for budget or for investment apps, we mentioned Eggcorns, which is the one that uses your spare change and invests into an account for you, and then Robinhood, which is kind of like your starter pack for investments. So really kind of free form and whatever you want to invest in with Robinhood. Easy to set up too. Yeah, and then Stash, which is my favorite, which does. More focused on education and also ETFs as well. But thanks for listening, guys. And if you have any questions, feel free, again, DM us on Instagram. I know this is like a lot to pack into one episode, and it's very confusing, or it can be a very confusing topic as well. But definitely go online and look at these apps and really research for yourself, like what's the best way to budget on an app or invest on an app for you. But thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Yes, thank you, everyone. This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org.